Hello, everyone. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning back in to another episode of our UFL coverage. As everyone knows, we are prevalent on spring ball in this podcast, on this show, on the U- on YouTube, on our social media accounts. Make sure you guys are checking out our TikTok as well as Instagram. We post a lot of our sports clips and clips in general up there, Tea Time Reports. Um, and just a shout out to the YouTube and also genuinely a a guy that puts in a lot of work puts in a lot of effort for these clips to bring this stuff to you guys i simply do the audio on most of them um but brandon shout out to you man you've been putting a lot of editing work together and getting these clips out there for everyone especially for all of us to can to continue that consistent content creation and we we appreciate you bro and we hope you're you know just as thrilled as how this is going as all of us But moving into the UFL coverage, before I get into the power rankings and breaking that entire system down, uh, I want to go over some recent acquisitions and signings and some just overall news regarding the league and some of the teams. Um, The signing of Brandon Silvers to the St. Louis Battlehawks makes a lot of sense given the release of Nick Tiano. Silvers was the primary starter for the Houston Roughnecks in 2023, proven vet brings depth to the QB room. Um, AJ McCarron, it's his show, absolutely. But having Brandon Silvers as a solid backup is something that's going to be crucial for them down the line, especially in case, you know, anything does, you know, sadly happen. It's football. Um, But leading into AJ McCarron, he was released from the Cincinnati Bengals. um, And then he did sign immediately with the St. Louis Battlehawks and getting ready for this upcoming UFL season. He's clearly excited. He wants to get ready and get set and, and go. Uh, Anthony Becht is apparently a really, really good coach, and a lot of guys like to play for him. So shout out to the St. Louis Battlehawks overall just for developing that culture inside the building, especially for their guys. And you like to see A.J. McCarron, a seasoned veteran, come in, a guy who's won on big stages before, who's been in big games, who's been on big teams, on good teams, um, can come in and hopefully lead this team to a actual playoff appearance. They did not make the playoffs despite going 7-3 and last year in the XFL's 2023 season. So a, definitely a strange thing that happened to them last year, but they really got to overcome that hump. And if A.J. McCarron can't do it for them, I don't know who can. So the St. Louis Battlehawks are definitely uh, feeling that pressure, in my p- personal opinion. I mean, they had a great year statistically. They were putting up points and numbers, being you know that flashy team, but they really disappointed uh, when the moment counted the most. Um, moving forward to my personal opinion, the biggest signing is Frank Gindo re-signing with the Michigan Panthers, a guy who is amazing. Um, I just can't talk about him enough. We've done plenty of episodes covering Frank Genda and his work ethic, his mobility, his overall ferociousness regarding tackling, being around the ball, having the nose for the play, a great run stopper, a very intelligent Mike linebacker who is the head of that defense. Wherever he's on the field, people are like looking to him. Levante Taylor on the back end, and then you got Frank Genda. Both of those guys are for sure. And then you have Breland Speaks up front. This Michigan Panthers defense is stout. It's elite. It has great depth. It has quality, quality corners. They got Nate Brooks. They got some former Birmingham Stallion cornerbacks. Uh, And I think that they're going to really step up a notch in terms of their level of play. And I really do believe their defense might be the focal point to the Michigan Panthers team in general. They're going to have to lead by example. And I think, honestly, the Michigan Panthers might have the best defense in the league when it's all said and done after the end of the UFL season. We're going to look at numbers. We're going to look at stats. I I don't know. I, I don't think there's a cleaner defense when it comes to 
personnel and and quality of depth than the Michigan Panthers. They had a great offseason targeting key positions on that side of the ball, and, and we see them you know, hopefully on the other side in this upcoming season, making good plays, making those plays that win games, because that's one thing that held them back the past two years in the USFL, is that they had the players, they had the pieces, they had the moments, but they just didn't execute. So let's see if we can see a change in that culture. Um, and Mike Nolan's a guy that can do that, and I think he's going to be a good coach in the UFL for years to come if he deems it so. Um, the Michigan Panthers have also signed tight end... Um, Derek Deese from SJC, uh, SU, excuse me, went undrafted in 2022, but spent the last two seasons with the Lions practice squad. So the Michigan Panthers looking in-house, technically, because they are playing at Ford Field, to find talent. Scooping guys off the Lions practice squad is never a bad option. And, and other teams should take note of this as well, and they are. I mean, the, every team has its own method of scouting and acquiring new guys and new talent, um, but it's definitely... Really interesting that they grabbed a guy off the practice squad of the Lions who's been there for two years. He's taken a chance. He wants to elevate his game. He wants to show his spotlight and get his spotlight, get his chance on this big stage. Um, and, you know, shout out to him. I hope he does. The Memphis Showboats have re-signed linebacker Kazin Daniels. Daniels was, the Mem- was on the Memphis Showboats in 2023, but was primarily on injured reserve. After being removed from the roster last fall, he now re-signed and rejoins um, the Memphis Showboats in the UFL. He has NFL experience with the Tampa Bay um, Buccaneers. So that's really awesome to see that the, the showboats are still acquiring key pieces. And this guy never got a shot last year. I'm glad that he's getting his now. Uh, let's hope and and hopefully, I mean, Memphis is a team that I really do think can go all the way. They're just going to be one, one issue with that. There's going to be one issue with Memphis going all the way. And it's the Stallions. They have to overcome the Stallions. When Memphis was the Bandits, they lost to them twice. When Memphis was Memphis last year, when they rebranded in their first year, they couldn't beat them. With Cole Kelly, I mean, Cole Kelly was a was a dog, bro. I mean, but other than that, man, I really do believe that this upcoming season with John DeLaFabio and him bringing in his guys from New Orleans, I think that they're looking in a far better position than they were last year with Todd Haley as their head coach. Um, The Birmingham Stallions have signed former Chicago Bears and Western Michigan safety A.J. Thomas to a deal. They did release, sadly, safety Eli Walker, who needs to be picked up. This is Eli. Real quick, Eli Walker needs to be on a roster. He is a dog. Smart, intelligent, fast, great hitter. Genuinely where he needs to be tactically and on the chessboard at all times. He is around the play. He is a key piece to why the Pittsburgh Maulers were so defensively stout for two seasons. Um, but going back to AJ Thomas, I think that's a crucial move. Clearly Skip Holt sees something in him. I really do wish that Eli Walker got a chance in training camp though, because I do believe he is a dog and I really hope the Roughnecks or the Showboats pick him up because he is worthy of a roster spot. He has earned it. I mean, he's played his ass off and he's made great plays. He was a huge reason why Ruben Foster and Kayla Tizino and Mark Gilbert were so successful with the Pittsburgh Maulers defense last year. Olive Sagapolu, Nasir Player, so many guys I could name off that need to be on these teams, need to be on a roster. Please, they deserve it. Um, the St. Louis Battlehawks have also picked up defensive lineman McKinney Williams. He had an excellent career at Syracuse, 122 tackles, four sacks, and he had multiple NFL workouts and really recently spent time in the CFL. So really good for St. Louis to pick up a really good key piece on the D-line. You want to build from the trenches outward. That's just how football teams are typically, or at least good ones, are built. 
Uh, the defenders have also signed wide receiver John Hightower, the former Philadelphia Eagle fifth-round draft pick in 2020, is most known for his slim frame and speed. Hightower is from the DMV area, so he w- he should get acclimated quickly to the D.C. defenders. And the D.C. defenders have had a phenomenal offseason. They've really put pieces on the board that are really going to work out for them. They have a great running game with Abraham Smith, really overall good talent on the O-line, and they have sleeper receivers, in my opinion. Not guys you're going to, you know, jump out of your seat for, for, but guys that can actually produce, man. Um, and especially with a really good quarterback duality thing they got going on with Derek King and Jordan Tayamu, I think it could be genuinely a very dangerous squad coming out of that XFL division or conference, excuse me. The St. Louis Battlehawks, uh, Battlehawks, excuse me. I just read that one off, sorry. The Michigan Panthers have signed, um, have re-signed offensive tackle Denzel Okafor. The former Texas product returns to help build upon a very successful and structured offensive line with the Michigan Panthers. This guy was very good for them for two years and has played decent ball in Michigan, and I hope to see him continue his career uh, flourish for the Michigan Panthers. Uh, St. Louis has also brought in Jared Jones-Smith, tackle from Pittsburgh. Uh, That was his college. And then we also have the Birmingham Stallions. We talked about them signing A.J. Thomas, a former Bears prospect. Uh, We also see... The former Browns and former Cowboy linebacker Story Jackson assigned with the Arlington Renegades. That is a huge pickup for the Arlington Renegades. Might be their best one yet. They haven't really made many splash moves. No news on uh, no news on Luis Perez yet. Really hope that he comes back into the fold. But they, the Arlington Renegades have been very underwhelming. And we get kickoff there. And I think the Stallions are going to sweep the floor with them, man. I really do. But that's just me. The St. Louis Battlehawks have also re-signed all XFL offensive tackle. I just talked about him, Jared Jones-Smith. So they also, t- uh, I also talked about uh, McKinley Williams. Um, they also brought in, well, they re-signed all XFL cornerback Lavert Hill, who had a phenomenal 2023 season, a huge reason why their defense was as good as it was. And I do believe that he all, he's going to get all UFL honors this year as well. I do believe that. The St. Louis Battlehawks have released Nick Tiano. I think I mentioned that earlier on in the episode. But it just makes sense with bringing in Brandon Silvers and then also, you know, having A.J. McCarron. And then I believe they have another guy. But um, they don't need Nick Tiano. When we saw him play last year, he really was not... um, (laughs) He wasn't it, man. I don't want to be mean about it, but he just was not the answer. Sorry to any... um, Nick Tiano fans. And then a bit of coaching updates here. The Houston Roughnecks have brought in Bob Connolly as the offensive line coach for the upcoming season. Um, he had a little stint there at OSU in college, so phenomenal. Um, to bring that kind of veteracy in the building, you want to see that, you want to love it, uh, and you're going to respect it because his thought process and his success, he's going to bring that into the building and into that culture. Uh, for the Houston Roughnecks, who have a phenomenal defense already, they are they are so loaded on defense. It's not even funny. Reuben Foster is just gonna he's gonna he's gonna take helm of that defense, and Houston's gonna struggle on offense because they have the worst quarterback situation in the league. But I just I don't know. I I, I think that their defense is gonna be the the outlier for that squad in general, and I don't think that they're going to finish. I want to believe in them because Mark Thompson is a complete dog, and he has every possibility of getting MVP, but at the end of the day, when you don't have a guy that has that dual threat capability like Kenji Bahar did, sorry for my phone dropping there, folks. Um, (laughs) Of course, it was really loud. I apologize for that, but 
Kenji Bahar, I mean, he had, you know, his ups and downs in the last two years of the USFL, but he he could run the ball efficiently. He had a laser of an arm, just not very accurate with it. But he really benefited working with Mark Thompson and vice versa. Mark Thompson, I mean, it took a little bit of eyes off him knowing that Kenji Bahar could take off for a 15-yard run. Most likely he would, you know, probably cough up the ball or make a mistake, but Mark Thompson genuinely could be MVP this upcoming season. But with him, with Reed Sinet as the quarterback, I do believe that the offense might become one-dimensional and might literally become to the point where they just do power O every fucking run. And that's all they're going to be able to successfully do. I know they have Isaiah Zuber. I know they brought in guys. I know they have uh, Justin Hall. I know they have playmakers. But at the end of the day, I think that the quarterback position in this league is going to be 18 times more fucking meaningful than the NFL when it comes to how the team's going to be operating. If they don't have a quarterback in rhythm, ready to go, used to this style of play, I don't know if they're going to be able to succeed and get off to that good start. Because last year, Houston really was good. The Gamblers were really good. I know they got rebranded into the Roughnecks, but the Gamblers were a, a good team. I mean, they were a couple games out of it, but Bahar was the only reason they didn't make it over the hump. But maybe another offseason, maybe another training camp, it could have got Bahar to where he needed to be, but they didn't. Ha- Curtis Johnson, the head coach, did not have the faith in him. Um, but honestly, it doesn't really matter because the Birmingham Stallions are still there. Skip Holtz and Zachary Potter are still taking helm of that operation. And until someone can dethrone that team, they're the best spring football team probably ever. So I'm just saying that without a doubt. But getting into the fun part of this episode, everyone out there, hopefully you are just as excited as me to talk about our way too early power rankings. Um, it's going to be a little interesting to see and hear anyone's reactions to this. If you have any feedback, definitely let me know. I truthfully believe we're going to start at 8 I have to put the Renegades here. They've been the most underwhelming uh, in, in the offseason. They have some good old, you know, former NFL pieces, but I just don't think that they're going to be a very successful team when it comes to having that consistency game in and game out. At number seven, I'm going to put the St. Louis Battlehawks, mainly because outside of A.J. McCarron and a couple of their receivers, I can't name many weapons on that roster for the offensive side of the ball. They have a decent defense, but they went 7-3 and three and missed the playoffs last year, so I'm really not going to be respecting them until they can actually win a meaningful game. At 6, I'm going to put the San... Oh, no. At 6, I'll put the Houston Roughnecks because I do believe that they're a quarterback out of it, to tell you the truth, but every everywhere else on the roster looks stout. It really does. Rush attack, defense, everywhere. It looks great. Um, and then at 5, I'll put the San Antonio Brahmas a team that I actually do believe that could potentially contend for the UFL championship. Um, They have had a phenomenal offseason. I just need them to prove it to me. Uh, And then at four, I'm going to have the Michigan Panthers, mainly because their defense is stout. Their offense has a phenomenal rush attack with Reggie Corbin and West Hills. They have EJ Perry, who's EJ Magic, pretty much. Um, I'm excited to see this team rock and roll. At three, excuse me, Yeah, at three, I'm going to have the Memphis Showboats because I do believe Case Cookis adds that element of, okay, this team can go and compete for a championship because Case Cookis can take home with that offense. Their defense was already really good last year. They just got better. Uh, I think this is a team that's going to be ready to go.
And number two, I have the DC Defenders. They lost the championship game last year in the XFL, but they're coming back with a vengeance. I really do believe that. But at number one, no one's topping the Stallions, bro. I mean, they are the hands-down best spring football team we've probably ever seen. And I think that we need to genuinely respect that. And until someone dethrones them in the playoffs or humiliates them bad, I can't I can't question their credibility by any means. Skip Holtz has done a phenomenal job coaching this team up from from the ashes of a, a reborn league. And it's just been amazing to watch. And especially with the additions of just phenomenal talent like Matt Corral in college, I think that they're going to just be nothing but better this year. I think that they're going to reach a new level of the building. And I don't think any other team's going to be able to catch them because Zachary Potter not only is the best GM in the UFL, but Skip Holtz is the best head coach in the UFL. I'm not a Birmingham guy. I wasn't born in Alabama. I'm just looking at it from a distance and with a logistical set of eyes. He has the most success in the springtime as a head coach right now. He has the best team. He has two rings. No one else should be talking. I'm sorry. Until your team can shut them up, I don't want to hear it. In two seasons, they lost three times. Three times. Keep that in mind. That is 24 games. That is 24 games of the two USFL seasons that they played. They lost three times. One time in the 2022 season and twice in the 2023. And Alex Magoo was the MVP of the fucking league. A former 7th round draft pick to the Seattle Seahawks. who A, a guy who sh- I really do hope he comes back. But I don't think he will. I think he, I think he found not only his good money calling, but just a calling there in Green Bay. I mean, he's going to learn more about life, himself, football than you know, he probably ever would in the UFL. I think that's just how it is. But man, what he did in 2023 is something I'll never forget. And I'm just so excited to see this merger show up on field. I just want to see it on the field. I want to see the production value. I want to see the games. I want to see the league in front of me. I want to see it and be able to experience it. I can't I can't just I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop thinking about it. It's so exciting. I'm so excited for the UFL. I hope you guys enjoyed the power rankings there. Hopefully they were somewhat to someone's liking, but if not, you know, that's what we do here. We uh, we talk about sports in a unfiltered way because you got to just let that shit out, bro. If you I I've watched two seasons of USFL and a season of XFL. I can safely say I I know spring ball. I love spring ball. And I know the UFL is going to be a really good TV product. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be fine. It just comes down to money management and marketing afterwards. Will the people investor and, and the investors care after the first initial money making year? Which this could be. They also could lose a lot of money too. So we really got to hope that it kind of trends in that direction. But based on this off season so far and the and the trends and the trajectory of some of these teams and players, I think that we're going to be looking at a very, very stagnant league for some time now. This is something we could look at being a spring league for the next 10 to 15 years, maybe forever. You know, this is a perfect time of year to do it. I mean, if you love football, you should love this league. If you love making money, you should love this league because betting on this league, I mean, if you know the players, you know the teams, you know the head coaches, you're going to know what's going to happen. You're going to know. It's going to be It's gonna be like fucking making nothing, bro. I'm not making nothing, but it's going to be like nothing, bro. 
I mean, you're going to be making money hand over fist if you listen to some of our bet uh, episodes and our takes and check out the IG. We post some of our uh, our parlays and stuff on there. It's obviously all just advice, but if you guys want to take it and try and make some money for yourself, definitely stay tuned for that. And I know Brandon's going to be pretty excited about that aspect of the UFL coming up uh, this season to, to make some money on it. I mean, that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about knowing sports is you have the opportunity to actually turn a... Turn 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 your wallet open and uh, and make some fucking money. I mean, or obviously open your bank account up. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you're able to depict football, especially at the NFL level, and like watch it, enjoy it, and know it, like you'll know this league and you can genuinely make money. But it's not all about the money. Obviously, it's about getting these players chances to make it to the NFL, getting them opportunities, giving them that stage and spotlight to thrive and succeed, and I think that's what we're going to get in this UFL season. It's what we tried to get out of both these leagues separately, but as one entity, hopefully we can get a stronger product than we ever thought, but obviously we'll have to wait and see for that. But training camp is less than, I believe, 10 days now. I think it's less than that. So definitely have a lot to talk about, and we'll do some post-training camp power rankings as well. But everyone out there, make sure you check out our social media accounts at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel at Tea Time Reports. All subscriptions and likes and comments are greatly appreciated. All interactions are appreciated, guys. We, we, we're aspiring for more of that, so it's uh, definitely welcomed. Make sure you check out our website, www.teatimereports.com. Uh, just to learn a little bit more about us and a little bit more about the show as well, why we do what we do, why we do how we do, and uh, how we do why we do, if that, if any of that made sense. <laughs> a little bit of a mind bender there to end it off. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm just a fucking idiot, but I love, I love the UFL. Okay. <laughs> but actually, shout out to Brandon. Check out the Jordan Tayamu clip. It's on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Make sure you guys check that out. It's got a lot of really good, fun, old game tape from Jordan Tayamu talking about his upcoming UFL season after he confirmed his return to the DC Defenders. So definitely a lot of stuff to look forward to there. We have a lot of clips up on TikTok, and we try and post them on all of our social media platforms. So stay tuned for those. Check them out. Check out the YouTube. All support is greatly appreciated. Shout out to all the boys tuning in and anyone doing in, uh, doing all the work on the show as well. Editing, you know, helping out with recording. It's greatly appreciated. Love you guys. Love everyone out there listening. This is Trevor with Tea Time. Thank you so much for tuning into a UFL coverage episode, and hopefully you guys enjoyed the power rankings. Take care and uh, stay tuned for more.